0: This episode is in partnership with Gloss Genius. Made for salons and spas, Gloss Genius is the only business management and payments platform that makes it easy to grow revenue and enhance the client experience, which we are all about here on The Treatment Room. From a beautiful online booking site to powerful marketing tools and low payment processing rates, Gloss Genius empowers you to run your full salon or spa in a stylish and smart way while feeling supported at every step. For 50% off for two months, go to glossgenius.com slash sign up and enter code TTRSPRING or check the show notes for details. Now let's get back to the show. Hello, guys, and welcome back to The Treatment Room Podcast with your host, Tessa Zolli. I am so happy to be back with you as always. And in this week's episode, I have something a little bit different in store. I got the opportunity to sit down with one of my favorite people, Jan Marini, and she actually gave me a skincare consultation, which was fun because usually I'm the one giving them. So... This was something we did over Zoom, and if you're more of a visual person, I actually have this episode up on YouTube if you'd like to see that, but I did throw up a little poll on Instagram asking if anyone would like to have that YouTube video in a podcast, basically, for those of you who are busy, on the go, and maybe prefer a podcast so you don't have to have YouTube up while you're driving. So your wish is my command. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and my skin consultation with Jan. It's always such a pleasure talking with her, learning from her. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Jan's other episodes, we have a bunch together and you guys always say they're some of your favorite episodes. So we have one on acne, we have one on hyperpigmentation, and we have one on skincare consultations and how to give the perfect... Consultation, as Jan calls it. So be sure to check those out. I'll also link them in the show notes so you can find them there. Hope you guys enjoy. And by the way, if anybody is interested in purchasing any Jan Marini product, it is a line that I retail myself. So you can always reach out over email, skin Consulting at gmail.com. And I am happy to ship out your Jan Marini. Ships really fast and free. Thanks, guys, and enjoy the episode.
1: So hi, everybody. Today,
0: I am doing Tess Zolli's skincare consultation.
1: Yay! Let's get started. So I'm going to start off with a question I ask everyone, this exact same question. If there was something you could change or improve at your skin, what would it be?
0: Well, I knew this was coming since you've trained me so well. And honestly, I'd say thanks to Duality. Usually my main concern is acne, but that is very well managed. I'm very happy with my skin as much as I've been dealing with and as much like stress and just a lot of things going on in my life. I'm very happy. It's so well maintained. If there is anything I could change or improve, it would actually be my eye area, neck, and aging around the mouth and lip area.
1: Okay, eye area, neck, and aging around the mouth and lip area. Now, and so tell me what, describe to me, for example, the eye area.
0: Yes. So I've noticed in the last two years, loss of volume, dark circles from allergies, and probably lack of sleep as well. Notice hollowness, darkness, creepiness, and fine lines.
1: Okay, and tell me where you think the fine lines are. They are under my eye. Okay. So we're not talking about the so-called crow's feet on the outside.
0: Well, if my Botox wears off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay. So that's a that's a good point. And I'm gonna okay. pause here for a second because. There's something called dynamic muscle movement. We've talked about this before. So most of what we see when we see fine lines and wrinkles is sun exposure. But if you never have any sun exposure, dynamic muscle movement has to do with how you make expressions. You know, you squint and you do that, and and it cr- creates a crease in the muscle because some muscles overwork. And when you put the skin over that crease, then it looks like a line. And that's where we get things like crow's feet, parentheses line, forehead lines. Now we can soften them, but we could do all the skincare in the world and you're not going to get rid of that. That's where Botox comes in. So when people talk about this, we can do a lot more with that area. Okay. Then tell me about when you talk about um, the neck area.
0: Yeah, so I noticed fine lines. I know we call it tech neck a lot just from looking down at our phones and computers. So fine lines here,
1: are you talking about neck what we call necklace lines?
0: Yes, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had an old therapy treatment. I do get Botox in my neck. They are definitely looking better, but I, they're still a little bit pronounced.
1: Okay. Now do you do Botox in that area? Have you ever done a little? I have yet. Okay. And okay, and then when you talk about your around your mouth and your lip area. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so what I notice is the little marionette lines starting to creep in and just fine lines on the lips. I've never gotten filler or anything like that, but it is something I noticed.
1: When you say lines on lips, are you talking about vertical lip lines? Vertical,
0: yes. I'm
1: pausing because I'm writing. Okay. 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 So tell me what type of skin you think you have. Is it more normal combination? Oily? How do you categorize it?
0: Yeah, I would say it's more normal. Um, I used to be more of a dry skin type. Later in life, I noticed more obvious pore size that mainly occurs on the forehead and the T-zone. From here down, I am more sensitive and dry. I'll even notice because I do treat my skin with acne topicals and retinoids, Mm -hmm. this lower half of my face can get sensitized. And I just don't see pore size like at all on the lower half. But from here up, really. Okay,
1: so you more combination on the upper T zone, yes. your lower T zone could be dry. Would you say that it has more to do with the time of year?
0: No, I think I I <laughs> My skin is like, it tolerates things pretty fine. It's never so extreme where it's really flaking or really oily. But if I'm really on top of my acne and and accelerating that with retinoids or benzoyl, that's when I notice the sensitivity.
1: Okay. And were you ever a smoker?
0: No smoking. And were you ever a sunbather? Yes. Yes. Okay. My early, early teens and early twenties, but no longer. Okay. Oh,
1: and one more thing I wanted to ask you in terms of what you'd like to change or improve. Um, so you mentioned every, you're really good at managing the acne and good with discoloration and that type of thing. Yep. Okay, great. Okay. What about as a teenager? Do you have acne as a teenager?
0: No, I did not. Okay.
1: So was your skin completely
0: clear? Yes, it was. I had that skin. I could do anything. Never had a breakout until esthetician school when I was about 26.
1: Okay. And you know, that's not real uncommon. Oh, I mean, for first of all, it is uncommon in that only about 1% to 2% of the population has no acne as a teenager. However, there are a lot of people who say they had no acne or they had very little acne. And then all of a sudden, when they were in their 20s or their 30s, suddenly they're getting much, it's much more active. Yeah. Okay. So now let's talk about what do you wash with in the morning?
0: What do I wash with in the morning? I have cleansers myself, so I'll either use my gel cleanser or in his clinical cleansing complex
1: or clinical cleansing complex?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Now, are they both gel cleansers? Yes. Okay, are they for all skin types? Yes. Okay, and then what do you do after
0: that? After that, I will use a uh, hydrating toning mist by Glymed Plus, it's called the CBD Mist.
1: And you said it's a CBD? Yes. Okay. And does
0: it have anything in there? Does it have any acids or anything like that? Um, It doesn't have any acids, no. Okay. And then what do you do after that? After that, I will use your C-esta, vitamin C. Mm Mm-hmm. Then I'll go into my um, SPF that's combined with the moisturizer. That's by Glymed Plus. Okay.
1: And it's an SPF what?
0: Uh, 30. And I will use a eye cream by Glymed as well. Okay.
1: And is it the eye cream, anything particular that it features?
0: Um, so in the daytime, I use just a CBD regenerative hydrating type of eye cream, no acids or um, anything in there. I do have is clinicals c i serum. If I can remember, I'll use that. I'll wait to get to the nighttime, but at nighttime, I use a, a retinol eye product. okay. And so at night, same cleanser. At night, I'll do two cleanses with my um, cleansing lotion that I make, and then I will use either my cleansing gel or the Is Clinical Cleansing Complex. Two times a week, I'll use a uh, benzoyl wash from PCA instead of the gel cleanser.
1: Okay, so you use your cleansing lotion and you use the cleansing gel? Yes. Okay.
0: Um, then from there, I'll do the CBD mist again. Okay. And then what
1: after, What do you do after that?
0: Yeah. After that, I'll use duality. Okay. And I probably use that five times a week, four, four or five times a week. And then from there I'll use, usually your um, transformation face cream. And most nights I'll use my retinol eye product. Okay.
1: Is that a cream or a gel?
0: That is an eye cream. Yep, a uh, prescription from my dermatologist.
1: Oh, okay, so is, are you, what you're doing is you're taking a prescription retin-A and putting it underneath your eyes
0: um it's they compounded an eye product with retinol okay so this is compounded Mm -hmm. so do you
1: know what the base of it is for example is it petroleum base is it a is it a you know what they use in there what the ingredients are i could find out it's but it's specifically for the eye area yes okay okay Great. Okay, so I'm going to go back and talk a little bit about your concerns and just talk about some of this in in general. So really kind of what I'm going to categorize this under in general is skin rejuvenation. You know, when people hear the term skin rejuvenation, what do they think of? They think of fine lines and wrinkles and all the things that we talk about with regard to aging. And my actual definition of skin rejuvenation is it's really taking the skin to a state where it's kind of perfected it's radiant it's 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 very refined you don't have the obvious signs of acne and rosation and discoloration and you know there's two terms that are very popular right now from korea one is glass skin and the other one is cloud skin oh and cloud skin is a little newer term but essentially it refers to kind of like glass skin it's where again you don't have all of these obvious Imperfections, And you can see, and I have to tell you, there's a lot of really bad skin in Korea. So this is not touting that, that Korea somehow knows something we don't know, but also when you see some of the pictures that they have where they talk about glass skin and cloud skin, it is, it's just just beautifully, perfectly radiant skin. So that's really kind of what we're talking about when we talk about skin rejuvenation. It takes into consideration all of the various common skin concerns. Now, the the first thing that I want to talk about is I want to talk um, about acne, and then I'm going to get a little bit into aging. So again, I think we've talked about this before on your podcast, but first of all, acne is an epidemic among women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and beyond. And it's really exacerbated also by mask wearing, but it was an epidemic before mask wearing. And Acne starts in the follicle. So a lot of times when we think about acne, we think about cleaning the outside of our skin and we think about all of these things that we want to do because when we see acne, we see it on the surface and the first thing we want to do is we want to somehow get rid of that lesion. And that's the actual end of the process. So it starts in the follicle and we have to address the processes that are in the follicle. So it, it, without getting into a lot of detail, you have dead cells lined the outside of your skin. You shed about 500 million cells a day. They're microscopic. You're not aware of it. When you look at a follicle opening, it's the opening into a long hollow tube, about as big around as the diameter of a hair. And that tube has sebaceous glands down at the bottom, but it's also lined with dead cells, very much like the outside of your skin. They're microscopic cells. And one of the reasons we produce oil is not to keep you young, but we produce it because it pushes the cells to the surface. They sit there and they fall off. So that's what's supposed to happen. In acne, the cells begin to stick together. We don't understand this fully, but when they stick together, you form a microcomedone. It's a little clump of microscopic dead cells. You're not aware of it, and it can take days or weeks or months to get to the point where you actually see some form of acne. But the mildest form of acne, and by the way, it's all acne, whether you break out once a day, once a month, once a year, or all the time because it's the same process. But a mild form of acne is where the cells stick together, the follicle dilates, and you see a larger follicle or pore opening, if you will, and you or an open comedone or a blackhead, that's actually a very mild form of acne. And when you have more cells trapped, and you have oil trapped, and you have P-acne bacteria trapped, which is harmless, we all have it, but when it's trapped in the follicle, it eats the oil, excretes a fatty acid byproduct, that byproduct causes the follicle wall to wear down. And if it ruptures or if it leaks or blows out, you're going to have an acne lesion. Depending on where that leak or rupture blowout occurs, it's going to be a little red bump, or it could be a nodule or a mini cyst, or it could be a full-blown cyst. And when you break out, Tess, where do you typically break out?
0: Typically, my forehead. I've never gotten it clear until duality, so that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Cheeks can break out if I um, maybe consume dairy, which I no longer do, never really struggled with hormonal acne at all
1: okay. but it, and it's it's hormonal differently than what we might think of. It's not hormonal from the standpoint of of like um necessarily coinciding with with our menstrual cycle so. You can have really, really oily skin and not have any acne. And you can have dry skin and have a lot of acne. So, acne is not dependent on whether the skin is normal or whether it's dry or whether it's oily. But what we have to do is number one, we have to introduce something in the follicle that interrupts the acne process. Now, there's no cure for acne. Accutane is not a cure. People will go into remission with Accutane. Remission might be a year, it might be five years, 10 years. Even the American Medical Association has reported that there is a 50% failure in Accutane and that means your acne is going to come back and it's going to be the same or worse. And then there's almost as much of a failure among individuals whose acne gets better, it comes back and it's not as bad. And it's whether you're willing to accept that or not. So um, there's no cure, but we can manage it and you can have complete total clearing. And so it takes persistence. And what you have to do is you have to introduce something in the follicle that interrupts the process. And you also have to go after P. acne bacteria. And so I don't know how much you want me to to get into that, but that's what you're doing with duality. And duality is a game changer. But here is one of the catches with duality is that one of the things that it does is it has a benzoyl peroxide component. And it's a benzoyl peroxide component that if it's used properly with the system and with the the right amount of barrier function, it does not dry. And this was actually tested by Dr. Jaggi Rao, who's a board-certified derm in Canada and in the U.S., in weather in Canada that was 20 degrees below zero. He is, also, he is the head of the res. Dermatology residency program at University of Alberta, and his CEO and founder of the Acne Clinics of Canada. And in the study, patients enrolled in that study, their skin was actually more hydrated after the study than before the study. That was with benzoyl peroxide. Right. Yeah. But if you don't use a consistency, what it does is benzoyl forces peroxide in the follicle and it releases oxygen. P. acne bacteria can't live in oxygen, it kills it better than anything we've ever seen topically. And that's a statement by the American Academy of Dermatology. But if you, it's known as, it doesn't kill it permanently. It's known as bacteriostatic, not bactericidal. Mm -hmm. So if you miss even one night, the colonies of P. acne bacteria are right back again. And you might not break out the next day, but your skin will have some type of reaction start to break out so consistency is really important now with duality it's a two-chamber product and the other chamber is a retinoid and retinoids are profound in terms of anti-aging and profound in terms of even changing the environment in the follicle with regard to acne and they help with discoloration so it's really transformational that's why we can kind of de-age the skin and transform it at the same time that we treat acne Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really glad that you're using duality. Now, one other thing that I kind of want to talk about. So if, I'm gonna, if I were going to put you on a program, um, the other issue with what you're talking about, and you're talking about the eye area, and you're talking about, you know, a little bit of the issue around the mouth area, and it's kind of also the labia fold. And by the way, you know, I'm looking at you and you have beautiful skin, but... Most of what we see in our lifetime, when we look in the mirror and we start to see those things like some large pores and brown spots and things like that, most of that was programmed into our skin, 90 to 95% before the age of 10, at least 50% before the age of 20. It takes 10, 20, 30 years to show up. So when we talk about kind of um, programming into the skin, Our genes are made up of DNA, and some of our genes are expressive genes. What they do is they express out instructions, only instructions our body listens to. And it doesn't matter if you have a broken bone, you have a cold, you have a sunburn, you have a hangnail, you'll be stuck with that forever if your body doesn't have those instructions to tell it how to repair. When you're born, you repair everything perfectly, and you're in a catabolic state because you're making – muscle and you're growing and you're developing and then when you get into your 20s and beyond you're in an you're in a a, excuse me you're in an anabolic state when you're born and you're in a catabolic state later you're starting to go into slow decline and you don't repair the same way you just don't so you know if you're 10 years old and you got a really bad sunburn i guarantee you a month later your esthetician is not gonna look at you and go, oh my God, you're just full of lines and wrinkles and brown spots. It's not gonna happen. But that damage is what causes those instructions to begin to be compromised. And so they don't repair the same way. You don't repair sunburns, you don't repair UV exposure. You start to have little things, lines and wrinkles and things like that. Now that's about 90 to 95% of the aging process. Four to five percent of the aging process is what we call intrinsic aging. Now, intrinsic aging is, it's a little bit, it's going to get a little bit depressing, but intrinsic aging, it has, is, is really has to do with one, heredity, can't change your heredity, and heredity is really about bone structure. You inherit your bone structure. So you're fortunate because you have nice high cheekbones, but when you look at people of age, well, usually they have a high cheekbones and good eye socket and long neck and all of that. And the second part of intrinsic aging is, has to do with, for example, by the age of 60, roughly 80% of all females will lose a show of upper teeth. And what do I mean by that? If you look at a fashion magazine and even if the model is not smiling broadly, you notice that her lip is more upturned, she has a very well defined vermilion border. And then, if you think about mom or grandma, a lot of times, if they're not smiling broadly, you see more of the lower teeth. Yeah, and what happens is as we age, the upper lip actually elongates, it starts to turn inward, and the vermilion border starts to flatten. Then, the platysma muscle, which is a big muscle in the neck, as it pulls down, it takes the Corners of the mouth with it.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, everything elongates, earlobes about a third of a centimeter in men, a little bit less in women. Your nose does not keep growing. If you have a prominent nose, it can actually tilt slightly or kind of fall a little bit at the tip, and noses can also broaden through the base. But, and I could go on and on, but one of the things that is also very characteristic of the aging process has to do with loss of volume so as much as 50% of what we think of as aging is loss of volume there's something called the youthful triangle so it's the highest widest part of the face is here narrows down to a well-defined jawline as you age and you lose volume cheek pad starts to move down what do you see well you start to see a little line here and then what do you start to see after that you start to see a nasal labia fold well eventually this part of the face ends up being wider than this part of the face. And with females, it's a particular challenge because the most feminizing aspect of the female face that most represents femininity is not the eyes or the jawline or the neck. It's the apples of the cheek. High cheekbones are feminine and they don't just photograph well. they If you take a man and you give them cheek implants, if you're not really careful, they will look very feminized. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, is that as we age, the female face becomes more masculinized in facial appearance. And if you're a man, and that happens, you look at that as kind of a good thing. We think about a lot of celebrities as they become more rugged looking as they get older. But when you... Look at elderly people and someone says to an elderly couple, oh, it's so cute. You've been married for so many years. You're starting to look alike. (laughs) That's because the female face flattens out and looks so much more masculinized. Okay. Now, some of this you can actually influence topically. And some of this, it has to do with more invasive kinds of things. Mm-hmm. here's what i'm going to say in general with aging the three parts okay. number one you have to thin and compact the stratum corneum that's that outer dead layer it needs to lay like shingles on a roof and you need to actually stimulate the hygroscopic substances in between those cells that's mucopolysaccharide, ceramides phospholipids and hyaluronic acid and why is that so important because they're volumizing that's where most of your volume comes from. And when you look at babies, and even if they're a little underweight when they're born, they look so fat and juicy because they're just full of hygroscopic substances. And we lose volume and particularly hyaluronic acid as we age. And then we get in our 20s and we start losing it much more rapidly. And that's you know one of the reasons that injectables and things like that are so popular. But we'll get back into that in just a second. The second thing is 80% of our dermis is collagen. And we start losing about 1% per year in our 20s. And as we move along, again, diet and lifestyle and previous damage and, uh, and, and sun exposure, we start losing it much more rapidly. And by the time you get into your 50s and 60s and 70s, you're going to have lost as much as 60, 70% of your dermis. So that's not good. Um, the third area, is again, those instructions that are coming from your DNA. Now, number one, what I'd like to see you doing is I'd like to get you on the skincare management system, the entire system. And here's the reason why. First of all, the system is five products. I like to say it's a, it's a cleanser, it is a um, sunscreen, and it's three products in between. Uh, when you clean your skin, and no matter how, what the cleanser is that you're using, and you know we all have our favorite cleansers and everything, the molecules are too large to go into the follicle. They can't. And again, acne starts in the follicle. So with the bioglycolic facial cleanser in the system, it actually can penetrate into the follicle. And not only does it break down the glue-like substance or cellular cement between cells, so immediately your follicles look smaller, your skin looks much more refined, but it also helps interrupt the acne process. This, secondly, in the system is siesta. You're already using siesta. And besides getting into all the vitamin C technology and how it's different from the ascorbic acid and all the other things that are in there, there's something called DMAE. It stands for ethanol. What that does is that actually causes what we call muscle shortening at the neuromuscular junction. It causes the skin to pull up. Now, it's a precursor to something called acetylcholine. Acetylcholine is a major chemical messenger. Your body produces it, and not only does it play a role in your brain function, and it was studied in, it's been studied and it's still studied in Alzheimer's disease, but one of its primary functions is your nerve sparks acetylcholine into your muscles, causes them to contract. It's known as correct anatomical muscle positioning happens throughout your whole body, but your facial nerve also sparks acetylcholine into the muscle and it causes it to contract. And you can call it muscle tone if you want, but you know, it's an example. And when it comes to muscle tone, you can exercise like a fiend when you're 50 and you're not going to have the same muscle tone you did at 20. And you're not going to have the same muscle tone at 60 that you did at 40. So what this is, and this is a study, it was actually presented at the American Academy of Dermatology, double-blind, random placebo, half-face comparison. So on the side where they put DMAE, what happened is, is that one eyebrow actually was a little higher than the other. The nasolabial fold a little bit more, pulled back. Jawline more defined. Neck looks much better. Um, so you're using that, and that's a really good thing. And it's not a film former. So products that tend to say talk about lifting, they have what's called film formers. And even though you don't really feel it, it compresses the skin just enough that it kind of looks like it's a little tighter and firmer. But what happens when you wash your face, it kind of goes away. So this is something that also the study determined is persistent. Persistent is a medical term that means, to give you an example, let's say you... Stop using it in six months. Well, you wouldn't wash your face and it just goes away. Your skin would actually age back. There's a permanence to it. And there's a lot of other things about C-acids, anti-inflammatory, and those kinds of things. Now, the other thing that's really important, and that is BioClear. And BioClear is glycolic salicylic and azelaic acid. Azelaic acid is sold by prescription for acne. It's sold... By prescription for rosacea. It's one of the best resurfacing agents we've ever seen for the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. And it has, and it's not just a superficial uh, effect or benefit, it actually has a more physiological benefit in terms of how your skin functions. And when we're talking about aging and we're talking about these things that happen progressively over time, um, it also is one of the best pigment lifting agents we've ever seen for making the skin look really bright and just but again refined and just glowing and and all of that um and glycolic acid we kind of talked about that and it we we could talk about glycolic acid for hours but it's so important because it completely reorganizes the epidermis it also thins and compacts it and it also tremendously stimulates collagen and this has been shown of all the ingredients in the world that have been studied medically in terms of histological studies and biopsies, two have been studied more than any other. And one is glycolic and one is the retinoids. Yep. And then salicylic acid, which we've heard of, which helps to make the skin look brighter and smoother and helps with acne. Now, you're, you're using transformation. Yep. But, but you're not using transformation during the day. A transformation, we put that in the category of a hydrator. Mm-hmm. That's a term that people are familiar with, but it's really another vehicle for technology. So we were the first company in the world to work with transforming growth factor beta 1. And transferring growth factor beta 1 um, is a cytokine technology that's actually an intercellular intermediary that has a lot to do with collagen and things like that. But Dr. Weido of Jefferson University, when he was interviewed, he was quoted as saying, this is just the thing to keep the skin young indefinitely, because it, ha- it actually stimulates the type of collagen you don't produce after the age of 30. In addition, I have my own patent in there, which is thymus and beta-1, which was discovered in the thymus of cattle, but it's in every cell in your body except red blood cells. It's another mediator that actually helps to correct instructions from coming from your DNA. And there's peptides and anti-inflammatories. Now, you have norm- kind of normal to combination skin. But what I would suggest to you is that because of the time of year, I also recommend to you, for example, that you use age intervention, which is another hydrator from the dry skin, our dry skin kit, that you use age intervention, let's say at night, and transformation during the day.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and it's it's a different barrier technology, and there's some very interesting technologies in there that you probably are not familiar with. One of them is interferon alpha 2B. Interferon alpha-2b is injected from malignant melanoma, hepatitis C, and adult leukemia. It's an immune um, modulator. Uh, your body produces interferon alpha-2b. And um, what it does, and for example, when they inject it, is that it actually stimulates your immune system to fight off these things. It used to be the only thing that would keep somebody alive if they had hepatitis C, for example. Now, the definition of aging is a loss of capacity and immune function in every organ in the body, including the skin. So I actually have a patent on this. We're the first company in the world to ever use it this way. And the studies show that it can make a significant difference in how your skin reacts in in terms of protecting itself or in in terms of the aging process. And I'll tell you, my dry-skinned individuals... It's not just that you're putting something on, you're saying, oh, it's more emollient. It's like they feel like there's something coming from within that has makes a huge difference in their barrier function.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, The other thing that I would recommend that you would put on after the hydrator and before you do bioclear is I would recommend that you use our Hyla 3D. Now, Hyla 3D is a technology. That addresses loss of volume. And again, hyaluronic acid is this huge component that plays with volume, that has a has a role in volume. And so one of the reasons why injectables are so popular is what do injectables do when you inject hyaluronic acid? Well, you can go after a specific line or a wrinkle, or you can actually add volume. And how it and what a lot of injectors don't know and and the public doesn't know is it's not the hyaluronic acid that gives you the correction hyaluronic acid actually acts as a platform or a scaffolding for collagen to form so you have it injected and then it forms collagen around this injection and how long it's going to last is well how much movement do you have in that area And how cross-linked it is. Because if it's really cross-linked, it'll last longer. But it's not good for lips and things because it's not flexible. But it's good in the cheek area. So it might last a year or two. So what we've been able to do. Hyaluronic acid has been around a long time. I've used it in products for years. It's in a lot of products. This is a game changer. What we have in Hyla 3D are a number of molecules. One of them is very tiny. It actually penetrates. Not only does it penetrate, but hyaluronic acid holds about one to 10,000 times its weight in water this is 50 times greater than that and not only that it's typically a really large molecule so when you use it in a product like an estee lotter night repair or whatever it's helping with hydration but it doesn't last that long at 24 hours this is still you have five times more in your skin we also have things to stimulate your own hyaluronic acid. We also have, and what I would recommend for you is, I would recommend the serum during the day, um, and then I would recommend our brand new, which is coming out at the end of the month. But I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you a bench sample. I'd recommend the cream, okay. and now the cream has technology in it that. It's, it's game-changing technology because in two hours, it dramatically lessens the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. And the moisturization contents goes on for 24 hours. And it, it has, I could go through all the statistical data in terms of that it actually stimulates your own PCA, your own sodium lactate, it uh, flagarin, uh, it, uh, membrane uh, fluidity. I could go on and on. It's, it's really, really superb. But it's not oily, it's not greasy at all, it's not actogenic. And again, that would be one that you can use at night. That's gonna change your barrier function. And what this allows you to do when you have really good barrier function, it enables you to use technologies that are going to truly benefit your skin in terms of resurfacing and making a a long-term progressive improvement. So the more that you disrupt barrier function, it's kind of like saying, I'm going to give you a dollar and if you spend 75 cents over here you only have 25 cents for everything else that might make a much bigger difference
0: mm-hmm.
1: so how we apportion that out is really important um now so and then your sunscreen now the reason why i'm gonna i'm gonna recommend to you our spf 33 um is Because you can wear the best sunscreen in the world. And by the way, guys, only about 33% of Americans statistically wear sunscreens on a consistent basis. And it's not because we're stupid. If you question people, they'll say things like, well, it's, you know, there's problems with sunscreens. They're not really good for your skin. Or they'll come up with some other misinformation. But you know what the real reason is? The real reason is they don't like how they feel. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I developed these sunscreens that you feel better with them on than you do without them. And the SPF 33, which happens to be my absolute favorite, has an oil capture system in it. And it has virtually an unlimited capacity to go after... Oil to capture it, but it can't capture the water and it can't capture the actives. And if you're not oily, it keeps your skin really incredibly soft and silky and and glowing. Now, the other thing that this has, you can wear the best sunscreen in the world. I don't care if it's an SPF 100, you're going to absorb in 3% radiation at least, no matter what you do. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot. And so what we do to mitigate that is, for example, in the SPF 33, we have something called phytomelanin. Now, the most important element you have in your body is your own melanin because it's anti-aging, it's protective. And if you have a lot of it, if you had really dark skin, we wouldn't be talking about lines and wrinkles. But what this phytomelanin is, is phytomelanin is in this product and it's Chemically identical to human melanin, it comes from the date palm. And we've been able to make it colorless, so it's kind of like wearing a blanket over your head. It's an added element that is that it's it's, it's, it's it's really exceptional. In addition, I have something called beta glucan one three. Beta glucan one three. You have Langerhans cells. They look like curly cues. They go to the surface of the skin and they sit there, and they're the first line of defense. You come in contact with radiation, pollution, things that can create havoc with your skin. They are so important because they're like little soldiers that are constantly signaling for various defenses and various functions. They get compromised very easily when they're exposed to UV light. They can actually go out of commission. So what this does is beta-glucan 1-3 attaches to these Langerhans cells and actually prevents that from help, helps prevent that from happening. And there's other things in there and anti-inflammatories and things like that. So I would recommend that at the end. And um, the other thing that you can try at some point is we also make an SPF 35 that's tinted. A lot of people wear that as a foundation. But I tell people, wear it over the top because you've got to put your sunscreen on your neck and your chest and over your ears and you know, all over that. So um, then the other thing that I wanted to talk about is kind of the, um, the eye area. Okay. So what happens when we talk about dark circles? Um, You know, I used to be really sarcastic and people would say, what do I do for dark circles? I'd say, pick your parents. Sarcastic answer, because dark circles are hereditary. And what it is, is that you have blood vessels and they, and some people they're closer to the surface. But one of the reasons why that's more of a problem as you get older is your eye rests on a fat pad. And that fat pad in this particular area underneath the eye is held in place with a membrane and with fat and with skin. And so it kind of acts like a girdle. And it also helps to disguise a little bit those blood vessels. There's there's more between the blood vessels and the surface of the skin. Now, what happens as we age a couple of things. One, the blood vessels become more leaky. They're more compromised due to cumulative sun exposure. They leak out things like bilirubin and Rubin, which is the color of blood, and that gives that darkness there. And secondly, the girdle, that tissue and that collagen, that membrane, it starts to thin. It's like your spanks giving out. And so what happens is that fat herniates outward, and we also start to see crepey texture. Now, the thing that I recommend that is the most dramatic for that, and we've done a lot of work on this you know from a from a clinical perspective and that is the luminate eye gel and luminate eye gel was actually designed for dark circles because it has certain elements that can clear away that bilirubin and Rubin about 300 times faster that's number one now i don't have dark circles and i use it all the time because again as you get older and I turned 70 in December as you get older you are, these are issues that you deal with so I like to deal with it proactively but also it has a retinoid in it this time released Mm-kay. and it also has other things in it that really make a difference on that area where you tend to have more contra defects and where it tends to be crapier you can really see a significant difference now from my perspective I put everything underneath my eyes that I put on my face except for BioClear, except for the acids because another thing about that area is you want a lot of lubrication it helps to your skin to withstand all those things that you do when you make faces and expressions and things like that so there's no reason you can't put transformation there there's no reason that you can't put the siestas should be going right up to your lash line
0: Jan, I have a question. Um, I've heard recently hyaluronic acid can be damaging to the eye area. Do you agree?
1: Um, there's no reason that it would damage the eye area. But the reason that I wouldn't necessarily put hyla underneath the eye area, and thank you for bringing that up, is simply because of the fact that it has such a hygroscopic effect that it and fat holds on to water. So, what it could do in certain individuals that are maybe having some fat herniation is that it might exaggerate that. It's not gonna be harmful, but it might exaggerate it. You still need all the same thing in your eyelid skin you need in the rest of the, your face, but you can, again, put TGF, you can put age intervention, you can put any of those things around that eye area. Okay, now finally, the lip area. Um, so, We talked a little bit about how lips elongate and they change and all of that. But the other thing that's really annoying about lips is the vertical lip lines. And even if somebody is in their early 20s and you can't even see the lip lines, a lot of times if they wear red lipstick like I'm wearing today, it'll start to blur and run into the lip lines. That's one of the most annoying things, even if you can't see the lines. Um, So we actually make a product, the Hyla 3D Lip Complex. Now, um, I'll have to see if I can get one to you because that's another one that we're out of stock right now, but I might be able to get my hands on one. And um, that is, you know, all the supply chain issues. But it's not a lip balm. So what this does is I put a little dot kind of just above my upper lip and I rub it vigorously on my lips and all the way around. And it has a dramatic effect on vertical lip lines. I'm wearing red lipstick and I guarantee you, if I don't take my everything off my face as soon as I walk in the door tonight, which I will, but if I didn't, when I get to go to bed at 10 o'clock or midnight or whatever, it'd still be perfect. So, but you know, I've been doing this for a while. And also everything that you put on your face, you should be rubbing into your lips. Okay. That's a good tip. And one other thing that I'm going to tell you about lips. Now you may not want to do this, Okay. but at night when everything comes off, I take that washcloth and I scrub my lips vigorously. So they're like satin. If you try to peel off dead lip skin, all it does is bleed, but you scrub it. Mm -hmm. And then everything that goes on my face gets rubbed into my lips. And then including my, my Hyla 3D lips, and then before I go to bed, I take something and put it over my lips that can't sink in. It's a barrier function. That could be Aquaphor. That could be Vaseline. It can be some other thick Vaseline-like product. And it, when you wake up in the morning, your lips are like velvet and they're all plump and fluffy. And your lip lines are much less noticeable. Because what you've done is you have prevented any moisture from escaping during the night. And you put on all those things over your lips. Makes a huge difference. And you also won't get dry lips. And it wouldn't matter if I lived in uh, South Dakota or Canada or someplace where it's hugely cold and snowing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, So any other questions that you've got for me?
0: I don't think so. Mm-mm. That's that's brilliant. I no questions.
1: Well, well, thank you. But I'm, I'm going to get all this. And I'm also, I'll tell you what else I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you a cheat sheet. Okay. So it's the order of everything. Okay. okay. In general, when somebody is on the system, which is the basic foundation for everyone, when product number three is BioClear, and in between BioClear and your hydrator, we call that 3.5. That's the window where all the accelerators go. So it doesn't matter whether it's duality or it's highly 3D or whatever. You just slip them right in there. And the other thing that I'm going to do is, again, and, and I can't remember, Tess, where are you located? Um, near you, I'm in the East Bay, Oakland. Oh, okay, Okay. we've yeah. got some colder, drier weather. So here's one other thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to send you product, BioClear product. I'm going to send you the BioClear cream. Again, this gives you the opportunity, the option at night in colder weather, use the cream. And it, it's about barrier function. So it enables you to use these products when at times where you're saying, well, gee, I'm feeling a little dry, but I suspect because during the day, um, you're really, you're using our CSS serum, but that's not really a moisturizer. You're using a sunscreen that moisturizes, but sunscreens are very complex. And even though they may feel moisturizing, you can't have all the elements that you need in a sunscreen and really have a true hydrator. You can't. Okay. okay. So, um, I will send you that as well. You can kind of play around with that and you can come up with, you know, I can coach you through it but you can kind of come up with a balance that's really perfect for you.
0: Now, should I use are you saying um use Bioclear and duality separately
1: use them at the same time? Together. Yeah, okay. Not, Tell us why? So what you do is you acclimate. So for example, you're 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 not really acclimated because you're kind of doing some piecemeal different things and so what we would do normally is we would say okay for the first week use the BioClear just once a day week two use it twice a day okay week three you start duality
0: okay
1: now you're already using duality so you may be able to keep that in the system which i would recommend because you're having a very good result and you know what happens when you don't use your duality
0: yes.
1: um, but that's kind of how you can acclimate and you work it all in And the other thing is, I am going to be sending you the the retinol plus. Okay. Because again, you need to be, well, excuse me, I'm taking that back because you have the retinol in your duality, so we're good there. But if you didn't, I'd be sending you the retinol plus because you really need to also pay attention to that. And as far as just in general, you know, because I'm I'm really transparent in terms of some of the things that you were talking about, like nasolabial and things like that. You know, we can again with C S and stuff, we can address that to some extent. And you've been using CS. And also over time, when you're using the whole system and you're stimulating significant amounts of collagen and addressing some of the other issues that, that go along with that, it can make a real difference. But there's that four to five percent of the aging process that when I'm always, when I'm talking about that and I lecture on that, so I say that's where cosmetic surgery comes in. And I'm not telling people, okay, go out and get cosmetic surgery. That's a personal issue, but just realistically, you know, what it does at some point is that you can put cheek pads back up where they once were. You can, you know, define the jawline. You can put the face back into proportional thirds. All of that doesn't give you good skin. There's a difference. You know, you can have really good skin, quality of skin, and skin can be saggy baggy. That's not you. But on the (laughs) other hand, you could have, you know, people go out and get cosmetic surgery and they have horrible skin. Right. It has to be both. It's just realistically understanding. Otherwise, what do people do? We go out and we spend huge amounts of money, thinking that next miracle cream is somehow going to, you know, elevate our cheeks by an inch.
0: Yeah, I gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Which I would say the same thing to my client. So I yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. And and same thing, you
1: know, Botox and things like that. We talked about that. Um, and you know, they're really, you know, for a lot of people, they're they're little they're little miracles.
0: Hmm. I
1: love my Botox, and I have to tell you something interesting. I heard this on the news the other day, and I don't know if it's true, but I did hear it on the news when they were talking about supply chain disruptions. And a lot of the disruptions are getting products that we depend on that are outside the U.S. And I work with thousands of raw materials, and they come from all over. And you know, it's either stuck on the water, Mm -hmm. or or some they're just not manufacturing at the moment. You know that virtually all. Botox that we use in the U.S. comes from outside the U.S. Oh, it's I believe manufactured you. Manufactured here.
0: I believe you. So,
1: if there was a supply chain disruption or something that happened with that, because we don't manufacture it here, none of us would get our Botox.
0: <laughs> Just something to think about. <laughs>
1: I'll leave you on the
0: they worry about. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Jan. I so appreciate it, and I can't wait to explore your products more. I love them so much, and my clients uh-huh. are good
1: results. Well, thank you. Well, I'm I'm gonna get these out to you now. No, oh. they may go out today if they do. Oh, okay. them, we'll have them tomorrow. Oh wow! Thank you yeah, so much. Or or you'll have them on what is today anyway? Wednesday. Yep. You can have them on Friday. Thank so you. hopefully okay. tomorrow. Thank you so much. Now, the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to check back with you after you've been on them about four or five days. Okay. Because guys, that's yep. the time at which most people make a decision. Something's not going right or they don't understand something and it goes on the shelf. But also I'll be checking back with you because what we can do progressively over time is we can put things in your program or modify it in a way in which you just keep getting progressively and better and better
0: sounds amazing great great thank you excited. i'm excited thank you for spoiling me i really really appreciate you now
1: tess if we offline if you want to give me your i don't know if i have your address or not so yeah yep we will do i want to announce it to the whole world but... <laughs> yeah i'll send you an email all right great hey thank you so much it's been such a pleasure a lot of fun really appreciate it Thank you. And hopefully we'll talk again soon.
0: Yeah, we sure will. Thank you guys for watching. Bye.